Ladies and gentlemen, this is the wrestler of the people, and I just got done listening to an intro from Nick Gage. Dude, I'm kind of scared. Uh, apparently, y'all better be listening to the Wrestling Cheers podcast, or Nick Gage is going to send somebody to your house to fucking kill you, and I don't want that to happen, so please, just just do it. Please. Take your way in the world today, take everything you got, taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Maybe not so much on Twitter. This is Wrestling Chairs. We like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is our third installment of having a conversation, having an interview with a wrestler who doesn't necessarily wrestle in the Northeast Ohio area. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Chairs is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe to your Everlistness Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. Like I said, this is another interview in our little series for this month of wrestlers who don't normally wrestle in Northeast Ohio. And this is going to be a fun one. This is, uh, we are here right now with Christian Cobain. Christian, how's it going? Oh man, it's going all right. I'm, uh, sitting in the mountains of West by God, Virginia right now in my driveway, actually inside my vehicle, I have a uh, Ford escape and I don't know who knows this or not, but you can actually lay down the middle seat to where you have like a whole truck bed in the back. So I am chilling, my dude. So, uh, let's talk about Twitter. That's something that you Twitter. (laughs) That's something that you have a lot to talk about right now. I figure we just get that first (laughs) F bomb out of the way quick. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't remember if I talked about this last week when I had JT Energy on, but oddly enough, you two are the reason why this month is even happening because both of you individually reached out to me for an interview and I was pretty honest and I'm just like, I don't like doing interviews with people I don't know. Crazy thing with you though, crazy thing about you though, not that long after you sent me that message, I get a new episode pop up on my podcast feed from a friend of mine spotlight series ryan the struggles oh with him shout out my dude with christian cobain i'm like okay okay you you got my attention okay i'm gonna listen to this i'm gonna learn a little bit about you and we'll we'll go from there oddly enough i found uh well you also did interview with friends of ours marks with mics so i was like oh yeah that dude's awesome bro so it was like all right i i have to find a way to get this guy on i kind of got to find a way to get jt energy and i'm like what if i just did a month with people who don't wrestle in this area so it's kind of like exposing um exposing some talent that people in this area might not have heard about but you two were the catalyst of it i just want to let you know that's exciting especially because i know jt energy is a good dude i wrestled up in i uh up in iowa in a scramble match with him at uh pro wrestling revolver real good guy so 
anyway, back to Twitter. Uh, when you you reached out and like we've uh, about a month or so ago, I said, "Hey, I'm going to do this whole idea. You're for it." And I I went back last week onto Twitter, went to our DMs, and I went to write you, and it was like, "Oh, failed to send." I was like, "Oh, maybe it's like the where I'm at reception wise." So got a better reception. Went to go send it. Failed to send. What do you mean failed to? I'm getting good reception. I'm like, I checked every app. Facebook's reloading. All this other stuff's reloading. Then I go to your profile. Account suspended. Well, first it said uh, like terms of uh, like certain violation, and then um, it then said like, oh yeah, it's suspended. So what the fuck happened? Yo, so for to start off, I didn't even know that. Like, I thought that you just searched for my profile and you just couldn't find it. Fuck Twitter again for putting that on there, making it seem like seem like I'm up to some shady shit or something. Fuck you, Twitter. This is all your fault. No, what happened was, so I am the wrestler of the people. I like to claim that because it's, it's fact. Like, I'm not, I'm just a dude who's doing cool shit thanks to cool dudes. You know what I'm saying? So when somebody follows me on Twitter, I'm going to follow them back. Like, I'm not a douchebag who's just out here worried about their follow count. Apparently, though, that's not okay with Twitter. You, you can't follow so many people back in a series, uh, there's a certain number, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I hit it, apparently. I followed too many people back at one instance, and then I got hit with the, your count is suspended, you need to do blah, blah, blah to recover it. Well, that's where I got fucked in the blah, blah, blah. Because I haven't updated my cell phone number on Twitter. And the only way to recover that fucking account is to get a verification code from a text message they sent me to a phone that I don't fucking have anymore. So I'm like, okay, you know what? That's probably not that big a deal. There's an option here to contact Twitter support. I did that. That was two fucking months ago. I have yet to get a reply. I get a hold of him again, like a month into this, and I send another message. I get an email finally back saying, "Oh, this has been added to the 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 whatever. I guess like the case. They have like a case for what's going on with my account, and they said this email has been added to said case, but still no fucking reply. So all the work that I put into my Twitter, Dolph Ziggler shouting me out, doing the busted open podcast, all because of my fucking Twitter, is gone now." And I have no idea how to get it back. I have like 80 followers now, so I don't even try on Twitter anymore. I'm not going to lie. This really has bummed me out. This is the first podcast I've done since I lost my Twitter because I've been super bummed out about wrestling lately. And again, it's all thanks to Twitter. Fuck you, Twitter. I That's crazy fucking shit. We've seen so many things with wrestlers where their account have been terminated or suspended. The two that I, I think of because I know it was really big and they... They were like really close to each other. One was Alley Cat when she was a uh, boogie bear. And the other one who had his Twitter account for a very long time, then he had to restart was Davey Vega. I don't understand this. And I think with the thing that's crazy about um, Alley Cat, they were like, well, you're, I think there maybe some along the lines of, well, you're not a real cat and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, well, it's. You're kidding me. Well, it, really? It, I didn't know that. <laughs> I remember her getting her account suspended or taken away or whatever, but I didn't know the reason behind it. That's insane. Are you kidding me? It was it was somewhere along those lines. I don't want to accidentally confuse it with some something else, but it was had. Yeah, but that, even if that's not the case, that is such a good story that I'm sure she would endorse it. That's hilarious. I'm sticking with it in my head. And like, she, you're not a cat. You can't have a Twitter. <laughs> it, it it's so stupid shit. Like I don't understand why like Twitter has stepped in. Like oh wait a minute, like. 
I, I mean, granted, I know there's people out there with like fake accounts and all this kind of stuff, but come on, like it's just Twitter. And if, if it's a wrestling gimmick, like who cares? But right. I think hers was definitely one. It was like yours is at least suspended. So it's like, it's open. I know her account was just like, nope, gone. Can't, wow. You can never get it back. Same thing they with- don't understand like the damage they're doing to an independent contractor who literally makes their money off of merchandise and contacts that they have. And especially for a wrestler specifically, because any wrestler wrestler will tell you Twitter is where it lives and dies as far as social media goes. Instagram's okay. Facebook has completely just fallen off the earth over the last like five years. Facebook, the only thing that's good for as far as wrestling goes is for like local stuff. Twitter's where it's at. Twitter's where you find people. Twitter's where they find you. Twitter is where people learn who I am and then maybe buy my merchandise or refer me to promoters, et cetera, et cetera. Twitter has cost me money, dude. And I'm, I'm not even playing. I'm mad about it. Like, fuck you guys. It's a way fans can interact. And we've, we've got to the point with Twitter where it, it has gone hand in hand with professional wrestling. And no matter what, all these, the other platforms can't live up to that. The only benefit of these other platforms right now is if by chance, which I think, it's definitely not everybody, but if something happens where where this happened to you, you can go on to other platforms and say, hey, this is this is what's going on. So like why you don't see me there. But like we're friends on Facebook. I've seen your post. I've seen you interact with other people, but I maybe missed a post about the Twitter shit. And it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably to do with the algorithm they have. And yeah. I don't know anything about how that shit works, but I'm sure that's got something to do with it. There, there is this something with Twitter where it does seem to work really well hand in hand. I mean, that's somewhat of how this podcast got started because I was I wanted to do live tweets from shows, and then like that coincided with like, like I'll do a I'll do a podcast at the same time. So I think there's people that know of wrestling cheers, but they might not know the podcast side. And there's people that might listen to the podcast that don't necessarily always uh, delve into like when we would do results and live tweets for shows. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, just like as a wrestler, like I'm posting certain content and like it'll be I'm posting like videos of matches or clips of matches over here. I'm posting pictures of my kids or whatever over here. I'm talking about certain things. Those all seem to be categorized some way. Again, I don't know. I'm this is assumption. Uh, it's through their algorithm to where if you are more interested in, I guess, if you react to and respond to more of these posts from that person, you'll see more of those kind of posts from that person. I think it's like we're, we're beneficial. We're in the like where we're at now, where there are these other platforms. I think if you would go back to like MySpace, if all of a sudden your page disappeared, people would just in like if you weren't in that area, like, oh, well, they must have stopped wrestling or whatever. But still, yes. it's it, it's still a pain in the ass because I don't know. There's just something about that Twitter presence, like and everything too. Like you said, like you have done well in between, you know, the whole Dolph Ziggler thing and busted open, and like there's all these tweets out there, old tweets that are connected to you. And now, if anybody wants to go connect, like go look at them, everything from you is gone. Yeah, it's gone. Like, and and what you informed me on that it literally announces right in front of the page that the account was suspended making it seem like I've been doing some shady shit. Douchebags, man, douchebags. They took my life's work and they threw it in the toilet and flushed it. Now I got to start over. Yeah, that shit sucks. 
So, so yeah, it is what it is, though. You know, I, I sound like I'm super pissed because I am super pissed. But at the same time, it is what it is. You know, I got to do what I got to do. And I got to get back on the roll or the ball. The ball. I'm, I'm getting on the ball and then the ball is rolling. That's what it is. Well, the ball is the vehicle. Well, what could be a good transition is uh, why do we fall down? Why do we fall down? Why do we fall down? Elaborate for me, my dude. You know, you know the answer to this question because that's part of the transition. Where have you heard? Why do we fall down? Where have I heard? Why do we fall down? Why does it feel like you're throwing me the most softball question in the world and I'm just swinging and swinging and swinging and missing every time? Why do we fall down? Okay, I'll add a word to that quote. Uh, I'll add a name to it and then it, it should click. Why do we fall down, Bruce? Oh, Batman? Yes, Batman Begins. Ah, gotcha. One of my, one of my personal favorite quotes, whenever something's going bad, it's just, why do we fall down? To get back up. Yeah, you know what, man? Here's the thing, and this is another transition for you. I smoke a lot of weed, <laughs> so I'm pretty bad with quotes when I'm smoking weed, and it just so happens I am sitting in my car outside. Well, we'll go back to Batman, though. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I know you love Batman, and that's that's kind of why I brought it up. Uh, why do you love Batman? Where where was your introduction to it? It's it's definitely one of my favorite superheroes. You know what, man? I am not a huge superhero guy in the sense that I don't like. I've actually only seen like one of the entire Avengers saga. Uh, pretty much, Batman is about the only superhero that I've paid attention to, and I also wouldn't say I've like super obsessed over it even though there's a giant batman tattoo on the inside of my arm that's something you think that like the most diehard fanboy ever would do which i'm a fan don't get me wrong i'm a big fan but uh looking back on it i probably wouldn't have got a giant batman tattoo on the inside of my arm especially since it kind of looks like shit i don't know anybody that could see it up close it looks really bad i used to be super fat so now i have really bad skin and that's why my batman tattoo looks bad so rewind to the original question why do i like batman because he's cool, bro. He's the ultimate dude. Honestly, like it's a it's what I would attribute my wrestling character to in a way, and I've never even thought about it until right now. So thank you for giving me this new aspect of my character that I've never thought about. Batman is just a dude. Like, yeah, he's a really rich dude. Don't get me wrong, he's super rich. He definitely has that advantage. But Batman is just a dude. He's just a real cool dude who's doing some super cool shit. I've always looked at it as, I mean, granted, like, he is just a dude. I have had conversation with people like, is Batman a superhero? And I'm like, well, of course he is. Well, he doesn't have superpowers. Like, well, he's really smart. Like, yeah, is he like yeah, this yeah. Like, crazy yeah. brainiac dude? No, but like the actual premise of him is like he's like a really good detective, but he's just rich. Well, not just that. He's also a super athlete, too, in the sense yeah. that he, he knows a bunch of different fighting styles. He's mastered them. He's he's the ultimate. He's kind of the ultimate human. And who doesn't like Plus, a, he's so cool, man. He's so cool. Like I like name a cooler dude. And that's almost every in incarnation, if I'm using that word right. Every incarnation, again, if I'm using that word right, of Batman ever. Like every dude that's played Batman, they're all so cool. Even Val Kilmer, kinda. Well, people give that movie a lot of hate. I'll say this. I've, I like I like the movie. I say Val Kilmer is a is an underrated Batman. He's not the best. But people give him a lot of shit. I think he's underrated. And I think George Clooney is an underrated Bruce Wayne. Like, he he, he was shit as Batman. But as, I see what you're saying. As Bruce Wayne, he, he fit the part. And I've had people say, well, he's, he's just like George Clooney. I'm like, well, that's the point. 
if you would guess like what a real Bruce Wayne would look like, you would say like a movie star, uh, like handsome and like well, well loved. I mean, that that's George Clooney. Absolutely. That's what he was. Absolutely. So, so when he was Bruce Wayne, it was the most believable. Christian Bale, too, if you're going to look at it like that. Oh, yeah. Like he that whole series like is, is my absolute favorite. Um, it's love- my favorite, too, though. My favorite Batman is Michael Keaton. That might just be nostalgia, to be honest. I, I can't really tell you, and I'll never be able to tell you, because I feel like the Christian Bale movies are definitely the best movies by far. Uh, I I go Christian Bale, but I will say this. There is no cooler Batmobile than the Michael Keaton Batmobile. I love oh, that. That one's so cool. Like, and again, though, it might just be for nostalgia, but it's so cool. I mean, maybe. I think if, if I see something, the Christian, the Christian Bale Batmobile was pretty sick. Well, I mean that was, it was uh, a tank. Exactly. I mean, it was cool because it was a tank. It actually had this different type of uh, mobility where it's like, well, okay, yeah, if you're Batman, you need something that's going to be fast and rugged, but it's also got to be able to take a lot of shit. And that's what we end up getting with the tumbler uh, of form of the Batmobile, which I love. But I mean, there's something that's just as there's nothing as iconic as that when it comes to uh the batmobile Those wing tips on the end of it over the uh, exhaust oh my god i don't remember many hot wheels or ca- little cars that i had but one that i know i did have was the batmobile whoa you just read my mind bro that's what i was <laughs> literally about to say that was the next word out of my mouth was the only hot wheel that i ever remember owning throughout most of my childhood because i was lost like everything i ever had at some point mm-hmm. but uh that one hot wheel i maintained that hot wheel for like 10 years of my life and it was my prized possession i had that one and then i had the batman returns batmobile toy where uh they were like it launched like the batmobile like broke oh, apart and launched Other, like, and i thought that was oh. really cool too i mean because but it was the same thing that's the only thing with like those two movies that i think is really cool was the fact that they did keep the same batmobile but after that point it was like all right Batman Forever had to have a different Batmobile. Batman and Robin had to have a different Batmobile. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're selling toys and all this kind of stuff, but it's just so iconic and you can keep releasing it. People are still going to buy it because it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, but honestly, if we're going to talk about iconic, then you got to throw Adam West in there. That Batmobile is very iconic. I think I'll, I'll go with Not how nearly as cool though. Exactly. It's like, I think the Batmobile, uh, the Keaton one is just this, hardcore nostalgia for me level of cool factor plus the perfect level of like just iconicness at the same time but adam west batman that batmobile is at least functional you can actually remake that batmobile yourself yeah it's just a car yeah (laughs) but the 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 keaton batmobile i've far as what i remember hearing about like that was just that was put together on the set so like you can't have an actual Yeah, you can't have that actual car, which sucks. But really? I've seen people remake it then because I've seen like like we we actually have a dude down here in Charleston, West Virginia. I actually I think he died. Uh, sad news. But uh, either way, that we had a dude who was like known as like Batman of West Virginia who would just dress up in the full ensemble from that movie, and he had Batmobile and he just drove or like downtown near the mall all the time, and it was the coolest thing ever. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that dude died. Horrible. That sucks. I killed Batman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Batman. Which uh, is your favorite villain? Uh, 
before I answer that question, one more thing to the Christian Bale movies. Okay. The reason, other than the like amazing action in every movie and um, unbelievable plots of every movie, except so much Batman Begins, but that's on to something else. Uh, the villains in that movie are by far better than any other Batman movie, in my opinion. I was listening to a podcast today, and they actually said that though the Nolan movies are more centric on the villains my only issue with that yes. is Batman Begins because I don't think no, that one's him. Yeah, like Batman Begins is like Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul aren't huge. I will say one thing. One of my no, but that, that one was more of an introduction to Batman. True, 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 true. And I think that's what what drove it because it, it was a, a good hour into that movie before you yeah. actually see Batman. And that's that's one thing I loved. I. Batman, the whole Nolan trilogy is, I think, the only movie that I have ever seen in the movie theater, like, well, if there's a series, all on opening day. There, uh, When Batman Begins came out, there, I don't think there was any midnight releases. If not, not around me. I went to the first showing on my local theater. So. Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, both midnight showings for. Love those movies. And to me, like, The Dark Knight is one of my top five favorite movies. And I think it's because, literally, me and my friend, we... Went to that went to the local movie theater we watched that movie and then we drove all the way down to cincinnati for a concert and the whole way there down 71 we were just talking about everything that could happen especially like right there at the end like oh he left he left this calling card and then it's a joker it's like oh my god what are they gonna do it's like are they gonna say this fits into the original batman series if it fails but if they do it they could do all this all this stuff and we were just so pumped and then just they did a really good job of setting up that story and getting you excited. I can see where you're coming from. Because I, I mean, with that being such a like like a tease, I don't know about you. I didn't see that coming. I was like, all right, we're, we got right, we got Scarecrow, which was awesome. Raz Al Ghul, which was yeah, awesome. It was great. And then they just throw you this little tease right there at the end. Oh yeah, there's a Joker's card. Oh, oh shit! And being it was the first day, it's like now we have to wait for them to actually make this new movie and. I think when people <laughs> when people talk about how much sequels suck, I go, okay, Dark Knight, tell me that sucked. I mean, I, I'll even go one further. I think personally, not a lot of people don't agree with me here, but I, I think most people still agree it was amazing. Uh, I think the Dark Knight Rises was the best. I feel like it started off great, got even better, and then got even better. Here's what I say about that, which I actually do really like Dark Knight Rises. I just rewatched, uh, I got to watch rewatch part of it recently, mainly because with everything going on, I bought myself uh, a really cool mask, a COVID mask, whatever you want to call it. And it's a oh. it, it's Bane's mask. I love wearing that thing. I've seen a lot of those, weirdly enough. Like, I feel like we'd be seeing a lot more of those right now. That is super cool. I, I have a cane one, you know, the one that they sell in WWE shop. Yeah, I, I saw that, but I was like, I want something that looks like I'm actually wearing that. And right. I don't know, the Bane it's one. still so cool, though. The, the Bane it's one. Like, that, it, yeah, the Bane one came out yeah. of nowhere, and I thought it was it was fucking awesome. I mean, granted, it doesn't have that strap in the middle, but I do have the rubber mask that has that is the that Bane mask. But still, I think it's cool as shit. That's awesome. Bane Bane was he was such a good character. Now I don't think that Bane was quite as good at as Heath Ledger's Joker, and like I feel like like who could be like I feel like honestly I think that might have been the greatest role in cinema, like just far as 
his execution of it was so unbelievable. So back to a transition to what the original question was, who my favorite villain in Batman was. It has to be the Joker. It was so well done. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger literally dedicated his life to that role, and it shows. I've often said that I love anything in a, in a, a movie where I don't look at as that actor as that actor playing a character, I look at it as that character. And I think for 99% of that movie, I, I, I just feel it's the Joker. I don't feel like it's Heath Ledger playing the Joker. The only time where I see cracks in that armor, and I think it's because of the lighting, is when he's getting interrogated. Like, there's just the particular lighting where you look at him like, oh, no, that's, that's Heath Ledger. But the rest of the time, it's just like, if I see that, I don't look at it as... Uh, Heath Ledger, I look at it as a joker. He, he did such a good job. It's unbelievable. But at the same time, we can't go out here and just shit on Bane. That was also, that's my second favorite villain in Batman history as far as like the portrayal in movies go. The thing that Tom I was, Hardy, wasn't that? Yeah, that was Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. The thing He's that so good. I look at that, that movie and I think what it really suffers from besides just, just following everything that was the Dark Knight, following everything that was Heath Ledger is batman begins dark knight rises and oh dark knight and dark knight rises it actually follows kind of a story arc of like normally when you learn in school about how stories goes and there should be that peak majority of that peak before and after i feel is the dark knight you have everything oh, lead, of course everything leading up into it like like for batman begins like it's all like on a upwards trajectory going into dark knight so then after dark night you kind of have this downfall of a storyline where like there's a lot of stuff wrapping up but there kind of there is a story in there too with dark knight rises and i i do think he tom hardy killed it too and i think what people need to really remember is like the actual character of bane because when it was in the movie batman and robin it sucked so I remember hearing oh, that like, like Bane it was, was going to visual, but it was a horrible, not rememberable yeah. rememor- character. Bane was a, a meaningless side character. Bane was the Alfred of Poison Ivy. And that is so disrespectful to Bane. So I remember Ouch. we when we were told, OK, we're going to get Bane in the movie. All right, let me see this. Let me see this. I mean, granted, was it this big muscle bound kind of dude? Yeah. No, but it was this dude who could fight the same level as Batman. My favorite twist in that movie, and it was one of those things I'm so enwrapped in the movie, I'm kind of like not putting actual thinking into it. I forgot that Ra's al Ghul had a daughter. And this whole time I'm watching that movie, I'm thinking, oh, it's Bane's daughter or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then when she betrays him and she explains it, I'm like, son of a bitch, I knew that. What the, why would I forget that? (laughs) Like, I'll, I mean, granted, you wouldn't catch it as much like for the uh marvel movies i know that i knew the whole thing with the soul stone is the fact that you had to sacrifice uh, a soul to get it and you had to i be, don't even know what you're talking about i know <laughs> but basically oh, wait, wait, yeah they're, yeah they're the infinity gauntlet right mm-hmm. that thing well yeah, the, the, the hand thing <laughs> <laughs> one of the stones in it you have to sacrifice a soul of someone you love and oh shit a, a lot of Infinity War is this buildup to that moment where Thanos is going to have to sacrifice somebody and his daughter Gamora thinks you don't love anybody, but he's had one, he had one line in guardians of the galaxy that was 
uh, referring to Gamora as his favorite daughter. So I was like, well, he loves you. You're going to die. He's going to sacrifice yeah, you. What you're talking about with that one. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I remember that. So I'm like that kind of like little bit overhead. You got some of it, but the whole fact is watching that movie. I like I remembered certain aspects of other movies and like the lore and, and comic books of the Soul Stone. But with going with freaking Ra's al Ghul's daughter, I was blindsided by it. I'm like, I, I knew that. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, that was definitely one of the. Honestly, I think that I might have too. I don't remember it particularly the first time that I watched that, but I feel like that was probably like I knew that too. But I feel like that was probably also a shocker when it happened. And like, yeah, the Dark Knight Rises is so underrated. But I I didn't realize until you said I do think it is because you're following Heath Ledger in the Joker, and it it was a great great movie. It was awesome. Had that released independently, like. N- not as a, a part of a series, it would be one of the greatest movies ever. I've always kind of wondered how well the Dark Knight would have done if Heath Ledger didn't die, because a lot of people just say, "Oh, it only did great because Heath Ledger died." I'm like, I don't know. Batman's pretty popular. Batman Begins was oh, pretty really? popular. It's the Joker. That's a very big character in Batman. So, it, like, it had this recipe to kill it. No pun intended. Right. There's no doubt that that helped, though. It definitely yeah. helped because, like, that bought that brought publicity. Help me out. Say the word publicity. Publi- right? Yeah, here we go. Yeah, publicity. Yeah, it brought publicity to Batman that it wasn't otherwise going to get. But I still, I 100% agree with you. It definitely would have done awesome. But I don't know if it would be as huge of a movie if not for that. Because there's a lot of really good roles that actors have done over the years that people just didn't watch for whatever reason. Yeah. And then I think what, what sucks about that whole Nolan series, I mean, great, I love it. It's it's the greatest. But how do you follow that? You we, we we found out that, like, obviously no one wasn't staying on. I think if Heath Ledger didn't die, my big prediction, come, even coming out of Batman Begins, was you're going to have a lot of these villains go to Arkham. And there's going to be this big movie where all the villains are in it. Kind of like I was thinking there's going to be a big Avenger style movie or if going back to it, it's like it's going to be like that Adam West Batman movie where they're like all the villains are together. And I thought we were going to go that route. And then when Heath Ledger died, it's like, well, throw that out the window. That ain't happening now because I do love that they did manage to put Scarecrow in all three movies. Yeah, you're right. He was in all three movies. I didn't I didn't even think about that, honestly. I mean, he's at the beginning of the Dark Knight, which he has uh, a quote still in there. Counts. What's that? Still counts. Oh yeah, still counts. He, he has one of my favorite uh, quotes, uh, where the the imposter Batman was like, or one of them was like, you know, what's the difference between you and me? He's like, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Oh, before, oh no, it was before <laughs> that where he was just like, or uh, Doctor Crane was just like, that's not my diagnosis. And I was like, I love that because I'll use that from time to time. And then. Uh, uh, like that one visual we got of uh, in Batman Begins of Scarecrow, where it was that actual like uh, I don't want to say demonic, but like uh, kind of like a pumpkin head and the horse and everything. Not a pumpkin head, but anyway. But there was that one visual when the the nightmare gas was going on that was more of a classical Scarecrow, and I thought that was cool as shit. And I, that's something I think that's thought. the most memorable thing that happened with that character in every movie. That scene right there—that's the part you think about when you think about him. And that's all we got of that. I oh, there was there was so much left on the table, but it is what it is. But like, they're now if anybody wants to redo Batman and they're trying, 
Like, I mean, I mean, now we got Robert Patterson as Batman. What do you think about that? <laughs> Honestly, bro, I'm a big Twilight fan. Oh, so okay. I am pretty excited because I was also Team Edward. Shout out Team Edward. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I think he's a great actor. I know everybody likes to shit on him because he was in Twilight and everybody hates Twilight, just like Nickelback for some reason or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I think he's a great actor and I think he's going to kill that role. I'm not big into Twilight, but I have seen some of his other roles. One was the lost city of Zed. And I haven't seen that. He, I mean, he's a regular actor. Okay. He, he played, uh, a vampire in a, teen centric no offense uh franchise but that doesn't define who he is he's an actor in like the oh. fact that of the main three stars of that movie he's like the one that's continuously working which surprised the shit out of me i thought by right. this point tyler lautner was going to have this big stunt movie action movie career because like all the stuff that he could actually do and he kind of fizzled. Oh, he totally fizzled. I mean, and look at him. like He's like carved out of stone to be an actor. Yeah. So he just looks like the perfect atypical actor, what like a, a Hollywood producer would design in his head for his leading man. So I know when a lot of people heard that Robert Pattinson was going to be going to be Batman, they just shat all over. But I was like, come on. Like, oh, number one, I always want to see a trailer. Like, I don't care what you announce to me. Show me a trailer because I want to see your concept because you could have a really good concept and it could be horseshit and, and vice versa. You'd have a really bad movie on paper, but you see the trailer and you go, oh, my God, that's actually pretty good. And I think the one thing that not as many people were pointing out as far, at first, I'm like, number one, he's younger, which means he could be Batman a lot longer, which is, is very good. And number two, he kind of has the Batman jawline already. So he oh, he does. I've never even thought about that. He totally does. So he totally fits. Like, granted, I want to see the trailer. Like, a lot of stuff that they've released, pictures and everything, it looks good. And I think if this whole new direction of Batman works, like, this could be just a whole career rejuvenation for Robert Patterson because he's he's not a terrible actor. Yeah, he played in a, a romance novel movie, basically. Have you seen The Lighthouse? I don't think so black and white horror movie by the same director that directed uh, hereditary have you heard of it it's got uh i have i have heard of hereditary though that's a great fucking movie <laughs> who's that who's that guy that everybody wants to play joker but hasn't like you always see his face shared in like memes and stuff done up in the joker face paint he's got that gap in the middle of his teeth super famous uh willem dafoe yes I, I knew that. Yeah, he's in the movie too. It's him and Robert Pattinson. They're like trapped in a lighthouse, and it's one of the best movies like ever. He did a really good job in that. And anybody who looks at him in any way just because they see him only as Edward from Twilight is just they're just missing out on a great actor and a great body of work that he's slowly adding to. And it's kind of it's a shame, honestly. It's just, again, it's just like Nickelback. Like people are just like, oh, that was too cool for whatever reason that I don't like now. So I'm gonna pretend like it's not good. That that whole concept of music and movies and everything, I don't understand. Like, I don't. I mean, I'm not huge in the, in the Twilight, but I, I that that was to cater to a certain fan base. That's fine, but right. that like that doesn't define anybody. But even like with Nickelback, as of you know, recently as we're recording this. Like Nickelback just released a, a cover of 
Devil Went Down to Georgia. And, Devil Went Down to Georgia. And it's pretty good. Like, it doesn't... Dude, it slaps. I loved it. It It's not as quite as good as the Primus cover, which for me i've never heard that oh it's the thing that i love about it i come i come from a drama background and the they actually have different voices for johnny and the devil where the devil the devil kind of sounds a a little bit like more demonic and johnny sounds kind of like a younger kid not necessarily a child but you know like a teenager but there's actually just the different voices so you could tell the story even just just that little bit of storytelling to me, I was like, that's really different. And that always stuck out to me. Like, granted, Corn just came out with one recently too. Nickelback was better, hands down. But I, I will say, Corn, did you say Corn? Yeah, Corn. K O R N. The first thing yes. I'm doing when we get off here is I'm listening to that because Corn is one of my favorite bands ever. I think my only knock on the Nickelback version, because I just heard it today, was they did change the lyrics to make it instead of being about a violin or fiddle. It's about guitaring. So I'm like, well, that that does fit the music, which okay, better. But you could have still said violin, fiddle, and still had the guitar. But I like. I didn't I, even know they did that. Yeah, I kind of paid attention to it, but it was. I mean, what, I pay attention to it, but at the same time, I'm more just like vibe with music. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. that makes sense, then like I listen, I listen to lyrics absolutely, but I I vibe to it first. And I've only gotten to a point with that song where I vibe to it. So I've only, I've only listened to it like three or four times. I think I caught it on the first time, but it was just because how guitar and was you said. You vibing, my dude. Oh, I was vibing because like as soon as you, <laughs> like how that begins, if you don't know that's Nickelback, you don't think it's Nickelback. And to me, I was like, whoa, that's, I like that. Right. You're showing a difference. It hard, man. Oh, yeah. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Nickelback fan. There's a lot of stuff that just. I don't click with, but I will always say, and it's ironic too, because it is wrestling related. The song that was end up using uh, for a raw theme for many years is one of my favorite Nickelback songs, but that was my favorite. Oh, I, no, you lost me on that, dude. That's like my only, that's like the only song from Nickelback that I absolutely hate. Really? I don't know why. I just cannot stand it. And I never could. Even the first time they played it, I was like, no way. They're really going to pick my least favorite Nickelback song. I think I didn't like it. Or I didn't like a lot of their other stuff because, like, let's say like, like the rock star song. I'm like, you are a rock star. Like, you're, I don't. That one was also near the bottom. I, I felt like it just it didn't speak to me, and a lot of the other stuff uh, is almost real derivative of like a, a Pearl Jam. It's kind of that same style. And when, but when I heard uh, maybe Ready for Tonight, I think it's called or whatever. To me, that's like a let's get some beer let's drink let's party song and to me that was real different from everything else i heard from them so i was like "Ooh, i really like this this is really cool yeah i hear you they had, they had a lot of those they had a lot of the softer stuff that could really like you just put some headphones and zone out to like saving me that was really good that was a really good song do do you like nickelback because you're from charleston west virginia what do you mean they're from canada well, no, I'm just saying uh, it was actually a way to go from talking about how you're from Charleston, because uh, I, I do want to say that I think Charleston is like it is a diamond in the middle of the rough of West Virginia. The first time I drove through it, I think, was on my way down to Myrtle Beach back in 2010. And I was you just must like, have missed all the shitty parts of Charleston, West Virginia, <laughs> then. But continue. Well, you're you're <laughs> you're driving down 77, so you're only I can't say. Oh, so you didn't go through Charleston though? Through, through, no, but I don't know. It compared to the rest of the state, because 
I mean, granted, I'm a truck driver, so I look at that state a little bit differently, especially a lot of the mountains. And if you're not anywhere near certain highways, you're it's it's gonna suck. Luckily, the the right. furthest I go into West Virginia right now is Washington, West Virginia, and it's never it's, been to Washington, West Virginia. Is it what what part of West Virginia is it? It's definitely it's northern. It's okay. I forget how I far. Just missed a thing because I've I've gone up north a bunch. Well, there's a the, I think the big thing in that area maybe it's not Washington. It's it's uh, like one town up, but there's a big Dupont plant. And when I say oh, big, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, I must have just missed it. I've been to Dupont. I've wrestled in Dupont. Yeah, Dupont's so that's actually where uh, Randy Moss is from. Okay. So Interestingly, you, I want to shout this out for my papa. My dad played basketball one on one and uh, a bunch of different scenarios actually, but specifically, my dad played one on one with Randy Moss and beat him. As much as as far as he says, I believe him though because my dad was one of the best ball players this state's ever ever seen. So, uh, but yeah, that's an interesting little tidbit there. Yeah, because I I feel like Washington, I'm not Washington, West Virginia is a forgot about state, especially in this area. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the only thing people think about is things you don't want them to think about. Things that, for the most part, aren't true, like just exaggerations. But there are definitely parts of it that are true. Like a lot of people think of West Virginia and they just think of hillbilly rednecks, inbreeding, idiots, toothless, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you definitely can find that in West Virginia. But it's not the majority of the population. And that's not fair. Like It's really not a fair look that we have. The, the only thing that I think of when, I, when it comes to, comes to West Virginia is like the Appalachian Mountains. Because just West Virginia, in my mind, blends a lot in with the things that I hate about Pennsylvania, like a, a lot of like a lot of the mountains, like trying to like drive up some of in some of those areas, like off for Pennsylvania, it would be 76 and 80. Um, I forget the exact highways in West Virginia where it's the same thing. I know I've there's certain highways that I have been going up a hill and I could only go about 20 miles an hour. Yeah, actually, that's a good majority of West Virginia. We're nothing <laughs> but mountains. I'm sitting on a mountain right now. But uh, I, I do think, like, the only part that I really liked that I have, like, a big memory of is Charleston. Charleston's, I mean, it's okay, but, like, a lot of it is really, really bad. And, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Charleston, but uh, well, it's whatever. I was raised in Charleston, but I was also raised in Elkview. Have you ever heard of Elkview? No. It's, like... 10 minutes from Charleston, we border it. Uh, Elkview's really nice. I really like Elkview. That's where I was raised the majority of my life, but I was raised half Charleston, half Elkview. They're night and day different, too. It's kind of crazy. So with uh, being from West Virginia uh, and kind of like some of the, the hills and everything, is that part of your reason of liking horror movies? No, uh, I just like horror movies. I don't have any particular reason. I appreciate the transition, though. Uh, I love horror movies. Just I don't know. Honestly, I have no real reason. I think I was just kind of raised on them. And uh, yeah, there's really nothing special to it. Well, uh, my favorite, though, I got I got to go ahead and throw this out now. Everybody leaves out when they when they have their conversations of the best horror franchises, best horror villains, blah, blah, blah. In my opinion. And again, not many people are going to agree with me. Uh, the best horror villain, the best horror franchise, the best horror anything of all time is the Leprechaun series. I do know that about you. I've, I've done my research. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's... It's so good, man. Warwick Davis did such a good job of that role. And let me tell you like what's so special about them, those movies. They do a really good job in every movie. 
especially the first one and the latest one where it was like a reimagining of the first like like uh so basically what they did is they have you seen all the movies first off i haven't seen a leprechaun movie in a very long time i'm actually not okay, fair enough. i'm not well, huge i'm just gonna say i'm not huge into horror movies but i know last year uh going into october me and my now fiance we picked like all these horror movies because she loves them and we we were watching them and we have a list somewhat started for this year of like horror movies we want to watch so like in between like that last year i got into them more and leprechaun is one of those series that it like it is overlooked and i think too i might have seen part of it when i was a kid because i did i did have a little stretch when i was probably six and seven that i wanted to watch more horror movies and i swear i've seen something of it but it's been so long but it i get something that i'm i'm heavily thinking on about buying as many of the movies that i can and getting time to watch them well if you do here's the thing you should do and you should definitely should do it because they're so overlooked they're so underrated here's the thing you should do instead of watching them in order watch the first one and then go watch i think it's called leprechaun returns it came out like a couple years ago and what they did was they took the story of the first one and instead of continuing to leprechaun 2 they continued it there as if that was the new leprechaun 2 and they did such a better job of it because in my opinion because what the leprechaun series kind of did was it started off about 80 percent horror 20 percent comedy maybe maybe fell five in there somewhere and then from two forward, it slowly got a little more towards the funny. And I think that's what people kind of started shitting on it about. Again, kind of like Nickelback. They're just like, oh, I don't like this. Thing. Screw it. Screw everything about it. But uh, the second one, the I'm sorry, the uh, Leprechaun Returns, which is, in my opinion, the true sequel to Leprechaun 1, uh, it went probably like 90-10. And it was just so well done. Because those those movies are genuinely scary again more so if you're a kid which is whenever i seen it i was a kid whatever uh, so maybe there's some nostalgia involved i might admit that but um lost my th- train of thought i was gonna say leprechaun. The, the, the leprechaun mixes the perfect amount of horror with comedy especially in the first one and leprechaun returns to where you're just entertained throughout like you can't not enjoy whatever's going on it almost sounds like they did exactly what uh halloween did of how like granted there's like the halloween franchise and all the movies that stem off from it but they went back and like all right forget every sequel take halloween one this new movie that we're releasing is going to be the equivalent of that and also leprechaun suffered the same thing that what i feel nightmare on elm street suffered too after three or four it got more campy more jokey less there you go that's the word yeah less less horror but then again i like i know you like them i'm not huge into friday the third that friday 13th nightmare on elm street when i went back and revisited the first one i was just i'm like i don't i don't get it i don't like i'm not sucked into it as much as someone who might have been back in the 80s i could see that i mean it has its nostalgia attached to it too that definitely helps but again, like I like the campiness of it too. So that I think that's something always that always draws me in. Which I like all types of horror movies too. Like I like uh, recently the best horror movie I've seen in quite some time. I saw uh, the Terrifier. Have you have you heard of that or seen that? I haven't even heard of it. Okay, you've probably seen its face though. You would re- do you have Netflix? Like every human in the world. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, it's the one where it's a clown and its face is like disformed and long and like a uh, black and white, all black and white. Not ringing any bells. Not ringing a bell. The only thing that I'm thinking. way, the only you thing- should check this movie out because it is. This movie is going to stick with me for the rest of my life. And I cannot say that about any horror movie that I've, that I've seen in the last like 10 years. This movie has some kills in it that are something like nothing you've ever seen. They're so creative, so disgusting, so like, wow, I cannot fucking believe I just actually saw that moment of anything. Like, you have to check it out. It's so good. Anybody listening, watch this fucking movie. I wrote it down, but for some reason, mainly because of something I Googled today, when I think of like a, a clown on a movie poster or for a movie, and it's something that I'm not supposed to think about, it's the remake of Poltergeist. That has I'm like a clown to pick. I haven't even seen the original Poltergeist, but continue. What was the clown on Poltergeist 2? I, I don't, it's a remake. I haven't watched, but I actually I watched Poltergeist last year and I thought Poltergeist was, was pretty cool. And then when you dive into the, the background stories of that movie and how cursed it is, like oh. the original, like how many, um, how many people died in that movie? Like that, like, I did not like, know that. Now I'm, I'm going to go download that movie. Like the, the the little girl in that movie died young. Uh, the, right now, I don't want to. The, the teenage daughter also in the movie. She was, I think she was the one that was murdered in real life. Rough. And I did. I I'd somewhat heard about it, but I watched this movie. Then I was like, oh, because I'll do this. I'll watch an old movie. I'll see an actor or an actress in it, and I'll be like, I like you in this movie. Have you been in something else like when you got older that I just I'm not clicking with? And I looked up the, like right. the one girl. It's like, oh, she died young. I'm like, what the fuck? Then I looked at the other one. Like, oh, she got murdered. What the fuck? And then it clicked. Yeah, that's I'm like, oh, heartbreaking, dude. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of weird shit about that movie. <laughs> it's it's, it's about that little person that got that hung himself. Apparently, I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like I've seen a lot of videos that confirm that it's true. The little person that hung himself in the background of the Wizard of Oz. I'm trying to remember if I've heard that's debunked or not. Like, there's. I'm kind of probably kind of like you where I've heard things like, no, it's not there. It's this, right. but, the, but then there's other I think things. I've seen it confirmed though. Like I might, I'm probably might be, I'm probably wrong, but I feel like I've seen like that video though. I've definitely seen the video and it looks as real as it can get. But I think it's one of those things. Like if you have a newer version, like if you have it on DVD or Blu-ray, like that has been, oh, pos- they got it out of there. yeah, it's been possibly edited out. But if you have a VHS version, that's before, like it might've been caught. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Of course, they're going to edit that out. They have to edit that out. (laughs) I thought one of the best. I'm sure if you watch Teen Wolf today, you can't see a teenager in the background masturbating. (laughs) I don't think it's. I hope not. Anyway, like, come on. It's not that you see him masturbating. I thought it's the fact that when he stands up, like you can clearly see. He just had his penis out. Or what? However, whether it was his penis or like you could see that his zipper is open and there's a different color coming from his crotch, whether it be his dick or not. I have no fucking idea, right. but it's like, yeah, there's, there's no hiding that one. Not enough pixels back then to truly tell either that or he had a really small penis. And if so, man, sorry, dude, that kind of sucks. I thought one of the best horror movies I've seen recently was, and you, you've already mentioned it and that's hereditary. Well, 
here's the thing. I actually haven't seen it. Uh, oh, geez. To watch it. Me and my girlfriend watched like 30 minutes of it. And uh, I'm in a long distance relationship. So we watch things over video chat. And okay. sometimes uh, it'll, we'll have a little bit of trouble keeping the movies in sync that we're trying to watch together. Well, we were trying to watch Hereditary. We got like 30 minutes into it and we just couldn't get it finished because of uh, internet. Thank you, Suddenlink. You suck just as much as Twitter does. And uh, yeah, but the first 30 minutes of that movie, dude, my attention was completely captured. I was very excited to see how this story played out. And I've already heard everything about how I can't remember her name, that uh, one girl, the lead actress in that movie, how everybody's saying it's one of the best performances ever in a horror movie. And I've seen her before and I know she's great. So I know it's true. There's just a lot of like crazy shit that happens in that movie. Like I have one friend who basically said he he had trouble watching it because it just it seemed to be dragging for him and like it wasn't making now, sense or you continue no spoilers bro oh no, no I'll, only thing i'll say is because like i said he was just having issues with it and i i had heard someone say like well like it gets really good like with so much left to me it was there's something that happens early on in the movie like within the first couple minutes that i noticed and i happened to see it later on in the movie and i'm like well that wasn't a coincidence what's going on so mm. that was keeping my attention and then when it got to like like the last 20 minutes or so when everything's starting to finally come together like every all these puzzle pieces they put in front of you they're now starting to connect them and you're now seeing the picture to me it was, it was i've seen it, so many like you know like uh what's it uh mojo top mojo you know what i'm talking about on uh youtube where they rank and watch mojo mojo watch watch mojo watch mojo and like all the other channels that have stolen their idea and continued it on i've seen so many of those put that movie on like the top horror movies of all time list and that's just crazy to think that a movie that just came out would even be on that list it's i, I think that they're kind of bringing horror back like i said i'm i wasn't ever huge into it but you you can see like through history the popularity of horror and i think i realized it has it, its peaks and valleys just like professional wrestling pretty much like, I think if you weren't a universal monster, you weren't shit before the 70s. And then the late 60s is when you started to get movies put together like uh, the original Black Christmas, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, maybe I think Friday the 13th might be in like the early 80s. And like it like the golden all, era, like like that's when horror was starting to get bigger. Because I made the analogy today because I finally realized the best genre to make remakes are horror only because if they pull from a property from the 50s and the 60s, those aren't well known. So that you just think it's a new movie, but movies like House on Haunted Hill, 13 Ghosts, The Fly, those are all remakes. But the OK, pause. I apologize. 13 Ghosts is a remake. 13 Ghosts is a remake i just recently rewatched it and i so when did the first one come out because i didn't even know there was an original and 13 ghosts is one of my favorite horror movies ever uh 50s 60s it's it's like it's really? it's black and white um it's kind of has this kind of the same premise to where but it's um i haven't watched it yet i do want to rewatch it i want i mean i do want to watch it yeah and like house on hunt hill is the same thing like that was, I like, I like that one too. That was an, uh, that movie is so old. Vincent price, I think is associated with it, whether he's in it or whether he's like a narrator to that movie. And like Vincent price is the godfather of, you know, horror back then. 
I got you. That's news to me. You're you're a, you're an encyclopedia, my dude. Either <laughs> that or your notes are excellent. But I think it's just because you're an encyclopedia. That's impressive. I like looking up stuff, and I re yeah. I did I did recently get it was last year. Like I said, I did all those that, that uh, watching all these horror movies. That's when I was like, all right, I want to watch the Universal monsters. I grew up with you know Universal monsters like kind of like trying to get like a popularity spike in the '90s, like trying to come back. And it didn't necessarily work, so I'm like, let me let me check these out. And like, I still think they're they're good. Uh, do I've, they, I've, I don't think I've seen any of them, honestly, except for uh, Frankenstein. Like, you ha just have to go into it understanding like these movies were made in the 20s and 30s, and those movies are way different. Like, just how they're structured, how they're shot. Um, oh, of course, everything I, evolves. It's just like professional wrestling. Like, you go back and watch wrestling from the 50s and 60s, and it's obviously going to be a lot different than a uh, Lucha Bros match. Oh, God, yeah. But I, if you get a chance, I would say at least check out some of the originals. As in, uh, like, check out the first Dracula. You've already seen Frankenstein, so Bride of Frankenstein's a pretty good sequel. I thought The Invisible Man was really good. Uh, Wolf I really enjoyed the remake of The Invisible Man. That's one of my favorite horror movies, too. As did I. Like the the original was when I no, the one that the one that just came out. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, was there another one? I like them both. But what I'm saying is, okay. when I was rewatching these original um, Universal monster movies, because a lot of them have plenty of sequels, but you, uh, the Invisible Man was the first new monster to me that I I really liked. Uh, but my favorite is still like my favorite growing up, which was Dracula. And then when they I mean, went Dracula out, is cool as hell. Dracula is one of the coolest dudes to ever dude. Oh, uh, just so good. That's like, well, that movie was remade and it was actually really good. Bram Stoker's Dracula. I haven't seen that either. Oh, that's a, that's a clap. I've seen that in the movie theater and I went back and rewatched it. Okay. I was seven and there's some titties in that movie. So my dad took me to a rated art movie with titties in it at seven. <laughs> I have a seven year old. So that's hilarious. Well, he just turned eight, but either way, that's hilarious. But uh, going back to so when the, I found out they were they were doing this Invisible Man movie, I'm like, all right, let me go into it. And there are so many; it's so split. To me, I think it's really good. I mean, it's not necessarily like the original because obviously that technology isn't a huge part in it. And the in the original, the the focus is on the more on the Invisible Man than his former love interest. But still, Elizabeth Moss killed it, and I I think she's great. She did. I think she's one of the best actresses going today. Yeah. Everybody's she, always talking about that show. I haven't seen it yet, but my girlfriend raves about it. The show on uh, Hulu. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the big one where they're all the women are like prisoners. I don't know. I don't know uh, much about the, it. Uh, it's like the big Hulu show. Yeah. My fiance keeps pushing me to uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. My girlfriend's. Yes, yes, yes. My girlfriend is always talking about how great that show is, and I've seen bits and pieces. She's so good, man. My fiance's been trying to she get can, me to watch she can that. Carry any anything? She can carry any movie, any series. Did you ever watch Mad Men? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, my dad always tried to get me to watch Mad Men, but it's one of the ones that I just never got around to. She's a big female lead in that movie. Like, I mean, that movie, You're that, right. that, that, that show. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize that. I mean, the the first episode, it's her starting her first day at that office so it's kind of like granted like she's not the main star but yeah. a lot of that, that that series is focused on her and I, like i watch her go from that to handmaid's tale everybody started talking about handmaid's tale it's it's on my list of like i want to watch it 
but I don't it know. It looks good. The premise is really interesting. Actually committing myself to a show and like how, like when they're so long, I'm like, ah, right. I, I hear you. It's so hard. And if you don't finish it, you just feel like a failure. Yeah. I've had, I've had shows that I've started and then like, I've just fallen off one way or another. Like breaking bad was one. And Whoa, bro, bro, bro. Get back on that train. Mike, come on, please, man, please finish that. That's one of the best series ever made. It's in my top three. The finish is the best finish ever of any series. You got to see it, dude. You got to see it. My issue going into that show was I seen weeds all the way through first. And love that, it. That's actually one I quit on. To me, the pr- I like the premise with weeds a little bit more. Granted, because there, there was more comedy in it, which I like comedy more. But like that whole thing of like, all right, like, especially with the first season or so of weeds. Okay, I'm this big bad drug dealer, and I have a DEA agent sniffing over my shoulder. So I got right. a season and a half in Breaking Bad, and I was just like, this. It's reminding me oh, too, much, too much of weeds. Yeah. That's kind of what people are telling me. I got to in weeds. I got to when they first got to Canada. God, it's been forever. Since. I think, right? Wasn't it Canada? It might have been. It's been, fuck, almost six years she, since I've watched she weeds. Had to, she had to up and move because people were about to kill her. So she moved her whole family up to Canada. And then I, I seen like two episodes after that. And for some reason, I don't remember. I think I had the DVDs back in the day, actually. I think the next disc was scratched. So nice we don't have to deal with that anymore. That was always <laughs> such a bummer. I still deal with that a little bit. I'm current yeah. I'm currently in the middle of podcasts I mentioned earlier. I'm rewatching Scrubs with and watching oh, it with their I podcast. The you to get the real experience of the show, you have to watch the DVDs because like a lot of the earlier seasons, or at least most of it, what they didn't work out deals for streaming for music because streaming wasn't a thing. So it's just they had rights to put that that music on dvds so th- mm-hmm. they made all these dvds and especially like uh there's some episodes with some pretty big names on it like there was one like i just rewatched recently and on the dvd version it's uh nelly but if you watch it on hulu or streaming it's like they had to pick different music and i've spent like past i don't know how many years re-watching it on hulu or netflix so i've i've grown kind of grown accustomed to these new, quote newer songs but now i'm re-watching i'm like oh like it certain scenes it helps make the vibe of the show bro i need i actually originally watched scrubs on dvd but it's been so long that like i forgot about that but now that you mention it i totally remember that so i really need to go back. i think i might need to just buy those dvds and i think that would be totally worth it i've i've had most of them for god um a good 10 no over 10 years i forget, I forget at one point i bought like what all the seasons that were out and then i bought them as they came out but it's i like having some of that physical media like i have i've mentioned this on previous episodes i have uh two copies of the entire series of dexter one season by season. love se- dexter one is season by season and the other one is a box set that comes in a slide box it's pretty cool. So I get you. You're you're a you're a physical collector. A little bit. I mean, I would consider myself a collector as well, but I, I'm a digital guy. I have like a whole like little um, portable uh, hard drive where okay. I have thousands of movies that I totally got legally, and I have them all organized, and I have all my folders. Like, uh, definitely, I'm a collector, but I, I prefer to have it all tightly organized on a little blue cartridge. 
Well, then how do you play older video games? Do you do go the emulator route or do you go a physical copy route? Again, totally digital, like uh, not just older games, every game. I have a Nintendo Switch with tons of games on it, and every single one of them is digital, except for the ones that I've purchased for my children. Uh, my uh, Steam collection, I don't have any PC games. I don't have any discs. I actually play on a laptop, so I don't even have a CD drive. Uh, all my Steam collection, you know, that's where my games are. I don't have. I don't think I have a single physical game. Actually, no, no, no. Rewind. Hold on. Pause. I have one physical game. I can't play it, though, because I don't have a PlayStation 2. But I have uh, WWE Here Comes the Pain, and I will never let that go. That's that's a classic. I need I need to rebuy that one. I have a funny story with that one that I know I've told here because I had uh, Nick Stapp on and we talked about it. I was given that game for a Christmas gift. But to sum up the uh, long story, my... PS2 gotten got stolen earlier that year. My parents didn't know it because I let somebody borrow it, and they oh, and they skipped town. That hurts. Yeah, that hurts my soul. So you didn't get to play it at all. You just had it. You could just look at it. Yeah, I, I eventually like traded it away for something. But like, I'm sitting there on Christmas Day. I open it up, and uh, whatever the shit. whatever the SmackDown game was before it, I had it. Oh, fucking loved it. Played the shit out of it. Just bring it. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll just bring it. I just keep thinking Fred Durst as an unlockable character, um, all that kind of, uh, the It might have been SmackDown Hotel. No, no, no. It was it was uh, just bring it. But okay. that, I just think of some of the weird unlockables in that game. But it was great. Or how about um No Mercy? You could play it as one of Godfather's hoes. Is it socially acceptable these days for me to say the <laughs> word ho? I mean, I already did it. So whatever. <laughs> I I think it's fine now. Um, my biggest hot take is I don't like N sixty four. I hate the controller. What? Well, it's totally. I agree. It's totally nostalgia with me. That was my first truly rememberable. We're back to that word that I can't say, but for some reason I always have to use. Uh, that was one of my first moments in gaming that I or periods in gaming where I truly remember it. Uh, the N sixty four. I think I was like nine or ten. I was obsessed with my N sixty four. Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium, No Mercy, WrestleMania two thousand, even though it sucked. The N sixty four was awesome, but you're totally right. The controller, hot garbage. I was I mean I didn't own it, but I was more of a PlayStation kid. Growing up I oh, had PlayStation was definitely better. I just didn't have one. Growing up, I had a Super Nintendo, and my parents didn't want to like one. didn't want to upgrade me immediately. So instead, hold on, how old are you, dude? So I can like mentally put myself in your shoes. Thirty-four. Okay, so you're only a couple years older than me. Okay. So we weren't upgrading automatically, but my friend uh, down the road, who whose dad had a pretty good job selling tickets, which at that time, God, he was making bank, but um. He would get like almost every system and everything. And that was the big thing for me and him was PlayStation. So he's the one that got the PlayStation. We played like all the Twisted Metals. We played Jet Moto 2. I remember it was a big one for us. A couple other ones, but for us, it was Twisted Metal. Like, I love that franchise. I always had to play PlayStation games at like cousins' houses or friends' houses because, like I said, I had a 64. But I definitely have a lot of mem- memories of playing Twisted Metal, uh, Just Bring It, you know, all of those. And Twisted Metal was really good. That's one of that's one of my favorite uh, social games I think I've ever played. I was just talking recently that I, one game that I think deserves a sequel 
is Twisted Metal Black. That'd be really cool. <laughs> I think I heard a rumor, right? Right? Did I not hear a rumor that they're probably working on a Twisted Metal for PS5, or is that just obvious? Well, I don't know. We never even got one for PS4. Like, I never played the PS3 version, which I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, but we had, I liked it. I think my whole thing was, like, we grew up, PlayStation 1, there was four Twisted Metals. The, the first two had their own vibe. Third was a little bit different, and four was kind of way out there. But right. they came, they were, they were, I think, as a whole, good. We move up to the next system. It's Twisted Metal Black. And in my head, I was like, okay, we got four Twisted Metals for PS1. So we got to get some sequels for PS2. And I'll never forget putting that in the first time. Me and my friend, oddly enough, I got the PS2 before he did, but he went out and bought Twisted Metal Black, comes over to my house. We put it in and we, I think we've picked Sweet Tooth early on. And then you start watching his prologue and he utters the words, shut up and bleed you motherfucker. We just looked at each other like, oh my God, this game is fucking awesome. Right. Officially greatest game ever. And no sequel. Like even like taking the whole fact of loving that Sweet Tooth could cuss. It was just, they were kind of starting over, giving everybody a little bit of a different storyline. I wanted to see where we went with these different installments and we got nothing. Right. That's why I would love to see an actual sequel to Twisted Metal Black. Yeah, I mean, that'd be super cool. I wish we could get a lot of stuff like that. I want to see another sequel to uh, Max Payne. I think that'd be really neat. I never got into that one, but that one... It's so good, man. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. Now, the fourth one was... Not the fourth one. The third one was, you know, it was okay. It was pretty good, but the first two are so iconic. It's the one with the slowdown bullet time, like the first game to really do that. It was so good. It's, It's one of my favorite games ever. The story was so adult, like you weren't really used to that. Like, uh, at that time, like you know, there wasn't too many games that were doing such adult storylines with a mature rating at the same time. Yeah, how do we get back on? Uh, oh, physical media. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, where are we? I know we got in the video game, but they had physical media. Yeah, Bro, the- my mind goes all over the place. I am a, I'm basically what I am is a tennis match at all times, just just playing, just playing, just playing. Well, what I've always said with, with conversations is they don't always stay like on track. You don't necessarily talk about the same thing. Sometimes point A gets to point B, gets to C to D to F. And then you're like, wait a minute, how do we get here? And then you kind of, I'm up to like A, B, A, A, C. (laughs) In the words of Mitch Hedberg, I did not learn my A, A, B, B, C, C's. God, God damn it. Damn it. That's a good one. Cause I think the joke for him was he went to a vending machine and the what he wanted was BB, so he hit the B button twice. Different thing came out, but he had, turns out he had to hit a BB button. And he was like, you know, you got to warn somebody about this because I didn't learn my AABBCCs. Right. God, God damn it, damn it. That's great. That's And true at the same time. I've, I've only seen one of those vending machines once in my life, a place I used to work what? at. But when I seen it, like actual, like where it's, you have to hit it there's actually an AA button, BB button, CC button and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, wow, these things exist. Holy shit. Bro. We have loads of those in West Virginia. Yeah. I don't see them as much. Just ride through, man. You'll see them. (laughs) No, I'm trying to get through. I I do. I do love my vending machine food though. I'm big on the vending machine food. It's probably the best part about being on the road. I would say I used one thing I used to love about going into hospitals because I feel like that's where I seen them the most as a kid. Whereas where you had like where you had those like the turnstile vending machines 
and they're just like oh, exactly just going through like oh what's in here what's in here oh a hamburger oh okay what's this oh uh, a v8 <laughs> i don't know like just that yeah, those those are the alpha vending machines those are the vending machines those are the debo vending machines debo from friday they're just rolling up bossing everybody around give me that chain yeah i'm trying to figure out ones that are better than that the the only vending machine that i can think of that stands itself apart a little bit and i don't even know if they have them as much anymore it was the particular coke vending machines that instead of like falling all the way down it it has like a conveyor belt or something uh, or a, a bucket that can grab it and bring it over to you so it doesn't have to like get and shake it up or anything other but but when you're talking about the food and like crazy shit you can get, and it's also, it's a game too, because if the food on the side-by-side things are different, you have to see what, like how much it's going to cost. Is it going to be more? Is it going to be less? Like, I don't know. It's just right. a surprise game because the price tag isn't on it. Yeah. It's kind of like opening up, opening up presents on Christmas morning in a way. It's the, it's the little shit in life when you're an adult, man. Except it's when it's that SmackDown game that you can't actually play. And in your head, you're just like, oh, shit. Great. Thanks. I hate <laughs> I'm going to go upstairs and imagine playing this while holding it. I, <laughs> I was, bet you did that, didn't you? I was more in fear of like my dad saying like, oh, let's go play it right now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no. Sure. Put in another wrestling game and just pretend. And like now that I, I have actually have a PS2, I've debated on going out and buying that one just kind of like for the reason like i didn't really get to enjoy it i mean yeah it's it's a good little trip down memory lane or not memory lane if you didn't play it at all did you, you didn't get to play it at all no i don't think i ever that's got to really play rough it. man that's a really good one i've managed to play just about every wrestling game except for the gamecube ones and which is really a bummer because day of reckoning seems awesome and everybody tells me it was awesome did you play? hold on my favorite that nobody ever talks about did you play did you have an xbox no, did not. Well, then you definitely didn't play the WWE and WWE two. Well, WWE Raw and WWE Raw two games, did you? No, but I've I've, I've so, heard about them. So good. Those are probably my favorite, most nostalgic wrestling games of all time. I think I remember. Was it those games? I was over at a friend's house and he was playing them, and I want to say it was Raw or Raw two. And one of the bugs was if, there was a lot of bugs. Oh yeah. I can't remember if if both players uh, are computer or like if two are computer players and one's going in the ring and one's going out of the ring and they do it at the exact same time, they're stuck in an infinite loop of in the ring, out of the ring, in the ring, out of the ring. And like, they're just opposite. Restart. Yeah. Like he showed me the bug and then I was just like, holy shit. Like, and that was like back when you couldn't get like updates on games. It was like, well, that's the game. You're screwed. That's your game now. Or what about uh, to transition to today? They're going to release, uh, I think it was 2K20, right? It's the worst wrestling game ever as far as bugs go. And then not fix it. Yeah, like they're, they've gone downhill. Like the last wrestling game that I really loved, which goes back to Raw and SmackDown, uh, I think it was Raw versus SmackDown, uh, maybe 2010. Whatever was the first one they introduced the road to WrestleMania. To me, that yeah, game was that fun. Was Ten or eleven, and it did start going downhill whenever they went WWE 2K. That first one, I think it was Randy Orton on the cover, wasn't it? WWE 11, 12, 11. 12. It really started going downhill right there. Yeah, eleven uh, was the last 
Raw versus SmackDown game. Then there was, you know, yeah, WWE 12 and 13, which that was what, uh, Orton and Punk. And then, like, I think that's maybe after that's when we went the 2K route. My yeah. favorite, though, was uh, probably 2007. Uh, who was on the cover of that one? Because I want to see. Well, hold on. For, for that matter, actually, did you ever possess a PSP? I want to say that was the game I had for PSP. I mean, right, I had more, but really? that was the wrestling game I had. Yeah. It had the draft mode. Yes, there was the draft mode. GM mode. Yeah, GM mode. Yeah, yeah. The coolest part of the game. And Why I, have they not brought that feature back in a wrestling game since? That's my favorite feature of any wrestling game ever. And I want to, because I want to say it was 2007. It was, uh, if I get this right, you had to unlock, to unlock somebody in the PS2 version, you had to have the PSP. Who? Unlock who? I don't remember. I, uh, something tells me Jake the Snake. But I could Jake be wrong. What was in one of the PSP? I don't remember which one it was. I think it was 2007 too, though. I'm but, pretty sure because that was my favorite one. And like all you had to do was like hook up PSP to the PS2. I didn't have a PS2 at that point, but a friend of mine did, and he was like, "Hey, bring over your PSP. I want to unlock this character." I'm like, "All right, fine." But like that's Get all. You Jake the Snake, brother. Yeah, but that's all he ha- he had. To, I had to do was to hook it up for him, and boom, there it was. He was unlocked. But. I, I even thought back then we were going to see a lot of cool stuff with the PSP because I thought it was really cool. I thought I loved the PSP. See, I've always been a portable gamer above anything else. I loved the PSP. That was one of my favorite games with some of my most memorable games I've ever played. How about like the Vice City series? Uh, that was amazing. Like the sports titles were even good. Killzone. Awesome. There was so many really good like uh, Sly Cooper. I think that's what it's called, right? I'm blanking a little bit. Those were on there. Those were amazing. I think the PSP was awesome. It just didn't sell that great because it was trying to fight the DS. I mean, nobody could do that. Nobody could beat Nintendo at that point. They were just coming off the Game Boy Advance. It was it was all uphill from there. They, they were a monopoly. I mean, the PSP did a better version than Game Gear did. I'll, I'll, not even close. Game Gear sucked. I had a Game Gear. I think I still have one somewhere around here, somewhere in storage. Um that I, the one that I had when I was a kid, what I hated about it, it just, I, I felt like it sucked the, the batteries and batteries weren't easy to come by as a kid, at least for me. No, absolutely not. I had a Game Boy Advanced and I, when your batteries, batteries would run out, that was the worst part of your week every week. That's half the reason why I bought a SP or I should say I didn't buy it. I yeah, got that one for my exactly. birthday, but it was, it was, that was the first rechargeable battery set. You ne- I traded somebody a Game Boy Advance and a couple games and got my first one, and it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. It had, uh, who's like the most famous surfer ever, like Kelly Slater or something, whatever. He had like a surfing game on there, and that's the first game that I played on the Game Boy Advance SP. Everybody should go back and play that game because it was dog shit, but play it anyway and relive this nostalgic moment with me. The one game that I remember the most, even just from the Advance series, because it wasn't technically an Advance uh, SP game, but uh, but it's my love for this particular game, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. I haven't played it. Oh, that! Uh, yeah, I, honestly, the only Zelda game, or yeah, the Legend of the only Legend of Zelda game I've played is uh, the most recent one, which I'm blanking on the name for some reason. I don't know how it's even possible. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is one of the best video games I've ever played, though. It makes me want to go back and play all the older games. I just haven't got around to it. I hear they're remaking A Link to the Past, though. Were they did or? Well, they're, 
I mean, they've remade it. A, a, they remade that, didn't they? They've remade it a bunch of times for, I mean, for like different systems. Like that was a Super but Nintendo. Switch. Well, there's the, like I said, there was the Super Nintendo version. There was the Game Boy Advance version. It obviously was re-released to the virtual console. But then, and this is something I've never gone out and done, but I know they, they created the first official sequel to it for the 3DS, which was called a, like a Link Between Worlds. Never, I've I'll never play played that. Bits and pieces of that game. The the fact that it's a sequel to one of my favorite games of all time <laughs> makes me want to buy a uh, 3DS or whatever I can play it on. But I you wouldn't can emulate those. I wouldn't be surprised if they are going to re-release it or do something with it for the Switch. Well, they just re-released some other Legend of Zelda game from the Game Boy Advance era that they completely remade, and I just can't remember the name of it. Uh, that's going to bother me. It looks good, though. Twat, no. D- did you ever have a Virtual Boy? No, I didn't. <laughs> I missed out on that one. I did. and That's pretty neat. <laughs> it's definitely... That's it, like OG status right there. If it goes on to my list of shit I wish I still had from when I was a kid, but... You get an OG card for that one, dude. <laughs> that, that, the... Not that I can give them, though. You're going to yeah. have to get somebody qualified to give them first. Like... The shelf life of, of that system was so short and literally like the only, I think I had three games from it. One of them was a Mario tennis game. Another one was Wario, which was actually, I think that was a really good game. And the other one to show you how like really shallow that the titles were was a pinball game. And to me that, like, that was pretty fun, but yeah, yeah man, you can't shit on pinball games. I love pinball games. Uh, I actually still have that cartridge and box somewhere around here. It's the only thing I have left. I think it's Galaxy Pinball. And I bet it was awesome. Because here's the thing, dude. You can't fuck up pinball. You just can't. You can't fuck up pinball. It's perfect. It was a fun game. But those, those are the only three that I remember. I think I might have had a, the Virtual Boy baseball game, but that, that wasn't really that good. Like, no licensed teams and just it, the controllers didn't work as well. But the other three are the only three that I remember. You can't play an unlicensed sports game. It's just not the same. I mean, it, it depends, unless it's like an arcade series. Oh, what's crazy is we grew up in the era where, like, that was common. It seemed like yeah, it, it was. if you played a I ba- didn't get into any of the sports games, though, back then. I will tell you that one of my first games that it really got me hooked on video games, it might have been the first game that really connected with me. It was my it was my Pong, was uh, Excite Bike. That game was amazing. Like you could create your own map. You could challenge your friends. You could create the map and then make them play on that map with you. And you know all the little tricks. Like it was, it was the perfect video game for that time period. I've never played it, but that it's it's still one of those games. Even the, the fact that I've never played it, I still know about it. Right. And I've seen yeah. videos of it. Playing a lot of Sega Genesis after that. <sighs> Aladdin. Uh, I just recently, well, not recently, about six months ago got the remastered releases of the Aladdin trilogy or I think it's just like, I think it was like two games and they remastered both of them, but uh, Aladdin Lion King came to switch and that was amazing. My Sonic, the hedgehog. My issue with that re-release of uh, Lion King and Aladdin, I have the super Nintendo Aladdin. That's what it was. And they don't include the super Nintendo Aladdin on that. They it's the Sega version, which is different. It's not that different, though. You could still have a little nostalgia trip. I mean, it's different to where there's there's a like it's different gameplay. It was made by two different companies. Really? Yep. 
Like I didn't play that version. I played the Genesis version, so because like that makes sense. Well, in the Genesis version, you get a sword, right? Yes. In the Super Nintendo version, you get apples. Well, you get apples too in the second Genesis version. So they just took a weapon away from you. Yeah, there's I maybe I don't I, I would there's say no melee attack at all. Uh, you just jump on people. That's it. Like okay, then yeah, that's a completely different game at that point. Like and some of the I think a lot of the levels are different too. Like that's, that's lame. They are like How'd they do that. I think it was to speed up the process. They like they had one company work on the Sega version and another completely different company work on a Super Nintendo version, and they didn't like work together. Huh. Yeah, it's well, that's kind of lame. It's crazy. And then like well, I, I still really and I think the game's better with a sword though. You should just play it with a sword and enjoy it for what it is. I should. I really should just, so just like add in a weapon, man. I think I want that nostalgia trip where I, I I had Aladdin. I played a lot of it. I got stuck at a certain stage and I remember finding out passwords and I found the password to bypass it. So I think now as an adult, I want to replay it and try, obviously try not to do the password. It's impossible, <laughs> especially with the Lion King. My God, is that game hard? Oh God, that I never what, played what that were they one. Doing? Why were they just trying to torture seven year olds for? I don't know. Like, I think. Nintendo and Super Nintendo, the the people who were creating the games didn't grow up as much with video games. So now there's like a different connection. So like, all right, we can't make this thing super fucking hard. Or, or no, wait a minute. Actually, going back, the reason why they did that was because they wanted to make the game harder for people who were renting it. So that it, you know, what? yeah, I've actually heard that. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, so because <laughs> makes sense. So they, they'd have to keep come coming back and renting it more, or they just go out and buy it. Or they just go out and buy it. Yeah, that's that's a trip. All right, let's uh, let's start to wrap this show up and let's get into the Fave Five questions. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, let's start with question number one: Step Brothers, <laughs> Step Brothers, or Talladega Nights. That's a that's really difficult one. You're just gonna throw that one right out of the gate. Like that one's really hard. I don't know how you could have many more questions that are that hard. Ah, Step Brothers, just for the scene of did you just put your nutsack on my drum set? That's pretty much what JT Energy said last week. I, I believe it was JT Energy. <laughs> it's either JT Energy or Johnny Clash. One, of the, I, I know I asked it, and like that, the the particular ball sack scene was mentioned <laughs> that's that might be my favorite scene in comedy history i i go more with talladega nights but i mean truthfully there's They're no both phenomenal exactly there's no that's what i like about some questions i have on here there's no right or wrong answer just what do you prefer and sometimes i'm making you choose between two things that are similar and really good it's like sophie's choice over here bro come on all right question number two it's another one there's no right or wrong answer Adam's family or Munsters? Banana. <laughs> you said there's no wrong answer. I heard you say it. <laughs> I mean, the Adams family. Totally the Adams family. I, I like the Munsters, but totally the Adams family. Is there a particular reason why? I just I think I just watched more of them, but okay. they were they were cooler. They were definitely cooler. I've I've explained this a lot. I mean, there's there's so much similarity between them. They actually were out at rough actually no, not roughly. They were out at the exact same time. They premiered. Really? That, who came first, though? Somebody had to come first. Like the difference between them is literally weeks. Wow. These these shows. Somebody were, had to know something then. 
Somebody stole somebody's idea. I forget the exact thing I heard, but even like they ended like within weeks of each other. Like it's oh, it, wow, that's yeah, crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And you are a fountain of facts, my bro. There's there's people who like I think like a lot of our age, like some people will look at like, well, I grew up more with Adam's family because there were the movies we talked about it with there were video games that are very iconic. There was a re-release of a cartoon series, but with the monsters even being like 34, I've, you know, I've watched TV, like especially like Nick at night where monsters was on. And that's one that kids were able to get into at a young age. So yeah, I watched a lot of monsters on Nick at night. So it's, that's why I, I ask why it's not like, well, well, what's your reason why it's better? I'm like, I'm just curious, like what's your background of what, why you pick that? Absolutely. Yeah. The Adams Family was just always on, I guess. I, I mostly remember it with ABC Family back in the day. I think I, I think it was a little bit later in my life before I really started to get into the Munchers. And when I say later in my life, I don't mean like adult years, but I, I mean not the Munchers, the Adams Family. Uh, I, I'm more like late teenage years. And during my late teenage years, the ABC Family was huge, and they would play those newer remakes where they come out in like the early 2000s. They uh, played a lot of those constantly, and that's my original like opinion of the Adams family and it's always stuck with me. It's so good. Gomez and Morticia, their romance is beautiful. I love it. Oh yeah. Question number three, rank the top three fast food chicken nuggets between McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. Wendy's is number one. McDonald's is number two. Burger King is number three. Wendy's are actually really good. The other two are awful. But if I had to choose, I would definitely go to McDonald's above Burger King because of their sauces. I I don't know. I disagree about McDonald's. It's, it's a lot of nostalgia for me, but there's something about McDonald's nuggets that like the fact like how crispy they are is what is something That's that I really if love. You get them fresh. But let's be real here, my dude. How often do you actually get them fresh? De- depends on when you're going. I mean, yeah, I'm a late time goer if I go, which I okay, pretty much yeah. never go to McDonald's, but uh, I'm a late time goer. And typically it's pretty much crap. Now, if they're fresh, okay, it's definitely above Burger King for sure, which I already put it above Burger King, but it still can't be Wendy's. I mean, yeah, it still can't be Wendy's, bro. They're so good. I don't, I don't hate Wendy's. I just like McDonald's more. Like I, I could definitely, you eat. know what? I'm kind of mad that you didn't put Chick-fil-A in there because Chick-fil-A is the king of chicken nuggets. Okay. Uh, two reasons for that. One. I've never had it, but the main reason is all three that are me- homophobes. I, there was nothing on their menu that I've ever heard about that. Like, Oh my God, you gotta, you gotta go. Like their, their advertising is more of just, we don't sell hamburger. We sell chicken. So you've just never had it pretty much. Bro. No, you have to try it. Like I understand everybody's protest against them, against them. They don't support gay marriage. I understand that. But aside from that, they have the best chicken in the world and it's because they cook it in peanut oil and it is always fresh. Always. Like you don't go to Chick-fil-A and get something that's not fresh ever. The two compliments I've ever heard about them, uh, but not food related. Cause I've always heard the grilled chicken nuggets are amazing, but yeah, they are. You can't get grilled anything that's good at any other fast food place. Cause they use real chicken. They don't use any of the processed meat. Supposedly there, there are customer service is outstanding yeah that's a plus and the, the sauces are really well they're either really good or the fact that there's so many they're unbelievable and there's so many 
But the reason why like those three are picked, McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's, they're the like top three fast food chains in the United States. And like I think when people think about them, they think hamburgers. So with not having their main focus being on chicken, what do you think about their chicken nuggets? And it's to always try to find who's going to put Burger King number one because it's people who are mentally insane or people who are extremely poor are trying to save money. So they're buying the cheapest chicken nuggets possible I mean, and they've gotten used to totally it. Totally fair. That's totally fair. They're unbelievably cheap. Can't you get like 10 for a dollar? Wow. That's like 10 for dollar 50. So basically you get a 20 piece for three bucks. That's crazy. That's a full meal. Like it's a horrible meal. You're not going to get anything positive from that, except you're not going to die. But uh, yeah, that's unbelievably cheap. I wonder how they do that. You know what? I don't want to know how they do that because then I'm definitely never going to eat their chicken nuggets again. Uh, the secret's probably opposite of Chick-fil-A. So crappy oil, crappy service, check, check, and crappy chicken. Check. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> not even chicken. <laughs> not even chicken. Opposite of the real thing. So is McDonald's, though. It's paste. Actually, I don't think it is anymore. Didn't they like change it like four or five or some years ago? Oh, no. They technically. Uh, they Size te- Me movie. Uh, yeah, they changed that. F- uh, fuck, fuck. 15 years ago where they came out and they were like, no, we're it's all white meat chicken. And people go back to like, oh, it's just goo. And they're like, no, it's white. It's natural ch- white meat chicken. I'm like, we'll show you now. Yeah. I, the paste nuggets were good, though. I don't know if it was just because I was 10, but the paste nuggets were good when I was a kid. And then le- learning as an adult, all the shapes have a name. What? Yeah. Uh, there's three that I remember off the top of my head. Everybody, obviously, you remember the boot. We all remember the boot. I remember the boot. Yeah, it was my favorite one to dunk. You you always have the round one, which is, I think they call yeah. ball, but... It's, and then the it, tall, skinny one. Uh, it's called the bell. There's kind of like a bell curvature to it. Okay, I can see that. I think that might be the three. I don't know if there's a fourth, but I remember learning that and going, oh, oh shit. I never realized that the third one was something. It's like, all right, I'm used to round nuggets. Okay, boot. It's a boot. We all called it that. And then learning there's an actual name for the third one. I never even realized that they had three distinct shapes until you said it. Now it's obvious. Like I can picture them all in my head perfectly and it's really cool. And now I want some chicken nuggets. Uh, big same. Uh, while we're on the, the subject of chicken wings bone in or out okay first off i'm offended because bone out wings are not chicken wings they're chicken nuggets so if we're talking about the best chicken nuggets then it's going to be quaker steak and lubes bone out wings but to answer your question which wing is better flats well for actually i wasn't even gonna uh i didn't ask that but that was going to be next it's bone in or out if you well, say no, you did you did because bone out wings are not chicken wings my dude Bone-out wings are chicken nuggets, so that only leaves one type of wing left to talk about. I still ask it because there are the crazy people that love their chicken nuggets, love their chicken tenders, so they like bone-out. The I never oh, really they're awesome. Bone-out wings are awesome. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying bone-out wings are bad. I'm just saying they should be classified as chicken nuggets and not wings because they are a chicken nugget. It's white meat chicken, mm-hmm. breaded and deep fried. I mean, I agree. I agree. I'm a I'm a bone-in person myself so you, you kind of mentioned earlier is quaker steak your favorite wing probably there's so many though to choose from like wings are so good mm-hmm. i've rarely ever had a bad wing you know what now that i say that i, I want to give a shout out because i just realized what my favorite wing actually is uh them two brothers and a grill 
is a restaurant in Charleston, West Virginia. And it is the one thing, if you're going to come to our state to see, it is the one thing I would recommend you go to first. If you're a foodie, go to them two brothers and a grill. They have the best everything for one. But since we're talking about it, they have the best chicken wings of any restaurant you can go to. That's definitely worth a check out for me. I love, I love me a good chicken wing. Quaker steak is my like my big favorite. Mainly it's so be- good though. It's great. What's your favorite sauce? Whether it be, first and if like if it's Quaker steak, like a particular sauce they have, what is it? If not, give me your favorite Quaker steak sauce and whatever sauce from somewhere else. Well, honestly, bro, here's the thing. I- I'm not. When it comes to food, it's very difficult for me to ever pick a favorite of anything. I'm a I'm a Ryan's person, a Ponderosa, go to the get a little bit of a sample of everything type of person. You know what I'm saying? So when I would go to Quaker, I would split them as many ways as I possibly could because they were all so delicious. But if you were forcing me to choose just one, which hurts me, it hurts me deep, it hurts me big, I'm going to have to go with their medium sauce. I know that sounds generic, but it's just so perfect. I can't remember if I've had their medium or not. I, I want to say yes. For me, for them, and it's kind of what I hold a lot of standard by because it's like my favorite sauce, period, is barbecue. And their barbecue is... I love barbecue. Oh, their barbecue is so good. Like, I always make sure I have a bottle of it in my fridge. Which one, though? Don't they have a couple different ones? Like, well, they the, have two liquids and uh, like a powder? Uh, there's the Buckeye barbecue. There's the honey barbecue, honey barbecue, which I think that's technically what, what I get is because they've, they've recently changed their sauces up a lot. Even to the point I've realized barbecue is the best barbecue. I realized recently there's no atomic sauce anymore. It's just triple atomic. They don't have the OG anymore. I didn't even know that was the OG. I've only ever had the triple atomic, which is unbelievable. And I'll never do that again. I'm not big into hot stuff, bro. It just hurts. I'm not either, but I did have a coworker who used to order atomic sauce. Like we'll order the wings. Like they like like on a like on a like a semi regular schedule. Not even just semi regular. Every time he went there, he ordered like because normally you have to get the lowest order to, to do the challenge, which is six. Uh, he would order like a bucket yeah. of atomic. What? He would, did he not care about his butthole? <laughs> He said the first few eating would be like kind of difficult to get through. But like after that, his tongue and mouth were numb. So he was just chowing down on him. And yeah, he'd pay for it the next day, but he was crazy enough to keep going back and getting it. See, the fact that he says his uh, tongue and mouth were kind of numb shows me that he is a different breed of human. He's like a Terminator because when I'm eating those chicken wings, it feels like I have chapped lips from hell. All right, let's get into question number five. We're kind of on a food roll, so this is always a fun one. It's a newer question. Favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? Hmm. See, I have loads of Pop-Tart in the cabinet because I am, in fact, a dad of two young kids. Uh, We keep all kinds of different flavors, but my OG, my go-to every time is definitely blueberry. Uh, Classic staple of the fruit line. I give it that. Absolutely. Yeah, the fake fruit, it's it's (laughs) definitely a classic staple. I think of like, when I think of the, the main fruit flavors, whether it be strawberry, cherry, and blueberry, blueberry is that underrated one because I feel like everybody goes strawberry or cherry. Less people go it's blueberry. It's the one they don't think about, man. It doesn't make any sense because it's so delicious. Like, you're losing out on such a big opportunity. 
It's like Nickelback. Like you're just <laughs> losing out on the opportunity for this amazing thing in life. For me, it's it's s'mores. I'm a sucker for anything s'mores. And to me, like that's my youngest son's favorite. It's so good. And like it's even better when you have it in the toaster. It actually makes the most sense when you have it Absolutely. in the toaster. But you can eat it cold too. It's still good. I mean, it's just like pizza. It's almost the perfect food, other than the fact that it's horrible for you. And it's it's hard to fuck up pizza. Even Chuck It's e- really hard to fuck up pizza, but little Caesars somehow manages to do it. Hey, you got five dollars. You want to get pizza? Then you eat something else. <laughs> I'll take Little Caesars pizza over Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I will too, but that's not saying much. Chuck E. Cheese pizza is next to lunchable pizza to me. Oh, I would honestly rather have lunchable <laughs> pizza, like for sure. Like honestly, those aren't that bad. I was about to say, don't disrespect lunchable pizza because like ev- everybody was that kid. Even if you you didn't regularly. Oh, yeah. You didn't regularly pack a lunch like me. There was at least that one time a year we had a field trip and we had to pack a lunch. That was always my go-to. Dude, Lunchables have always been a go-to in my life. Uh, my kid right now eats Lunchables almost every day. He loves them, and he always goes for the pizza one, too. So I even eat them every now and again. I still love them. They're pretty damn good. They definitely are better than Little Caesars. <laughs> have right. you had Little Caesars chicken wings? They're not that bad either. But you, Bro, come on. No, you're lying to me now. There's you, no way. You know who's, who has surprisingly good wings? Not Little Caesars. <laughs> Pizza Hut. I love Pizza Hut's chicken wings. I actually worked at Pizza Hut. I ran a Pizza Hut for like two years of my life. I had a lot of Wing Street chicken wings. They're really good. They're super underrated. Whenever they came up with Wing Street was when their wings got good. Because I remember having their, oh, yeah. their wings. Well, Wing Street is its own restaurant. And okay. Like they signed them or whatever they they bought them out and then they started using them in their pizza huts well i think yum industries bought them out that makes sense they're probably the reason why they did it because why they're so good yeah it's it's like a cold stone it's like we specify in wings and now you have us in your store so hell yeah we're gonna be good they i think they did that because the original their pizza wings were horrible like i remember going to a pizza i wouldn't say horrible but they weren't as good as they are now well, I think they only had like a couple flavors, and if that, then I, I just remember them not being that good. But they were solid. They were baked, weren't they? Or am I remembering incorrect? It's it's been over fifteen years since I've had it. Well, here's the thing: I think they were baked, and I'm a sucker for baked chicken wings. If made the right way, they can be really good. If made the right way, of course. Have you ever heard of a restaurant? Probably not. It's only here. But have you ever heard of a restaurant? I think it's only here. Uh, named Hussins. No. Best pizza in the world. For one, in my opinion, from what I've had and their wings, they're baked. They're probably number two. All right, let's get on to the last question. And for you, uh, give me your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers. And there is what a reason. Professional wrestling. What's that? <laughs> what is professional wrestling? Is that a thing? I don't remember even talking about that once. That's the point of my interviews. I'm just messing with you, man. That's fine. What is my uh, top what of professional wrestling? Give me your Mount Rushmore, and there's a reason why I'm asking this. Okay. I'm seeing if you put somebody on it. Okay, so yeah, my top four then, basically. Uh, John Cena is number one. There we go. I'm not, I'm not going to rank the rest. Do you want me to continue? I knew that was who it was. Because he's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. And 
like you, you can definitely argue that because like that's the beauty of professional wrestling it's an art form and you can't tell somebody that their opinion is wrong because it's art and that's just not how it fucking works but uh in my opinion because of everything john cena's done his body of work his work rate which everybody shits on but that man can go and he proved it and i don't remember the exact years it was like 2012 or 13 to like 2016 when he was just having banger after banger after banger with like punk rollins kevin owens Sami Zayn, cesaro i could go on and on daniel he was bryan having bangers for a long time daniel bryan oh my god he was having bangers and people just act like he couldn't he like he just can't wrestle but no he clearly showed you all that he was just told not to wrestle and then they gave him the opportunity to really go out there and show what he can do so work rate is off the charts he, he's an unbelievable person like i personally really want to attribute that a lot because it, it matters to me i don't care people can argue whatever they want it matters to me he's such a good person everything he's done for charity everything he's done in communities everything he's done to bring together the wwe universe because like he was the only real star of the last like 10 years maybe i mean there's some guys now obviously but for that period he was the rock he, he was the stone cold he was the hogan and he just went through a bad era as a lot of people don't think about how crappy wrestling was during the pg era cena just had to take all of that throw it on his shoulders and carry it and he did like a some bitch and then he gave it an fu pun intended pun totally intended <laughs> The way that I look at Cena, like you mentioned, how like how bad it was in, uh, in the PG era. I don't necessarily contribute it to being bad. Like why he's so good is I feel like Cena was coming up at a certain time where there was a couple other wrestlers that should have been main eventing right alongside him and helping build the company. Unfortunately, two of them died and the other one went off the Hollywood. So yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. So with those three wrestlers gone, or some like the where Cena could have passed the title b between three additional people. Yeah, well, I mean, he evade he did. He still had the Undertaker, uh, Rey Mysterio at a point, and uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton is the only one that's like his era. Undertaker, yeah. Brock. Uh, well, oh, Brock. Okay, forgot Brock's the fourth name. He quit. He did, but he was still there for a good bit of it. It's. I mean, I guess not during the PG era, and that's what we were talking about. He was yeah. ruthless aggression era, right? Yeah. Brock, if Brock would have stayed, if Eddie would have been stayed alive, the other guy uh, didn't didn't go crazy, and if uh, Batista stayed, I think that company could have had a lot of different things going on because that's like four all star names. That would have. You see, here's the thing. I don't think it was so much a lack of talent for that time period either. I 100% agree. There was so much good talent for that, you know, era of professional wrestling. But I think, from what I've seen, wrestling has its peaks and valleys of fan interest, and it just so happened to be that was in a really bad valley because it just came off the the Attitude Era and then the downfall with the Ruthless Aggression Era, and then people just kind of got bored with wrestling for a while. And they still had really good guys. And then everybody's starting to get back into it around 2012, 2013. And we're on our way up to a big boom period right now, if not already in it. I think it started, people started coming back 2011. Uh, maybe that's where like the kind of started, but maybe you started seeing the effects of it in 2012. Because I thought I think it was NXT. I think NXT really did a lot to bring back professional wrestling. 
and gain interest again finally. That's true. I was kind of looking at it more on the lines of what happened with Punk. Like, oh, Punk helped a lot. Absolutely. My God, was he over that the pipe bomb promo? There's not many yeah. promos in the history of wrestling that has a simple name, pipe bomb. You hear it if you're a wrestling fan, you know what's being talked about or what it's referring to. Like, you don't get that with many other promos. And I think yeah. it was a rare moment in wrestling where we don't get too often, where literally Raw goes off the air and you're just like, was that scripted? What the hell? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Was, was I supposed to see that? Are we like, what the fuck is going on? Those are rare, but those are great moments. It created a star. Like he was always big. He was big from the moment he debuted in ECW. He was already over as fuck. But when he cut that pipe bomb promo, his life changed. That's the moment a star was created or a star is born. One of my favorite movies. Fun fact, uh, whether you know this or not, you know, uh, a star is born is a remake. Not only is it a remake, it's the third remake. So it's the fourth version of the movie. No, I did not know that. And I'm going to go ahead and say right now, you just made my girlfriend's (laughs) night because now we're going to watch that. She's the one that introduced me to those. I've only seen the original, which is like from the 20s or 30s. But the first remake starred Judy Garland. The second remake starred, I believe it was Bette Midler. And obviously the third remake, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Okay. I definitely want who who was the guy though. Oh fuck! I can't. Uh, oh wait a minute. Um, the Bette Midler version—that's the only one I think I know. I want to say it was Chris Christopherson. I know that name. Country music. Oh okay. Like older country, like uh, I know he's associated with. I want to say he's he's associated with Johnny Cash. Well, then he's automatically cool. Yeah. I got to make sure I'm not confusing people in my head, but I want to say Chris Christopherson might have been the man who wrote. Uh, Sunday morning coming down. Don't know what that is. Either way, though, I'm oh, Johnny, watching that movie, though. It's a Johnny Cash song. But anyway. Um, oh, okay. Well, we're talking about Johnny. I like Johnny Cash like I like my Batman. I'm not super obsessed, but I, I enjoy my Johnny Cash. Do you have uh, three other favorite wrestlers? I, I won, like, as you mentioned on Facebook, I wanted to get into oh. the, the Cena Goat conversation, but I wanted this. Uh, yeah. Who else is there? Uh, interestingly enough, I recently, very recently, even though he is my favorite wrestler. Uh, I recently have put the Chris Jericho as number two on the list. Uh, he has done so much in his career and he just never stops. Like, yeah, he takes his breaks, but he just never stops. He just keeps coming back and reinventing himself and getting better and better and better and better. Uh, he's doing it everywhere too. Like he's literally done it everywhere. He's his work rate is unbelievable. On the microphone, he is either untouched or at least unmatched. I mean, unmatched or at least untouched. Uh, He's one of the best wrestlers we've ever seen. He's so good. I'm not huge in the Jericho, but I kind of relate him to the fact of he's like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, which are, are two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So they didn't have the success of like the Austins, the Rocks, the Hogans, the Savages and all that kind of stuff, but they help make certain generations and i think jericho has had has proven the longevity of his career not one of my favorites but i can kind of see where people are coming from on him but he's had at least as much achievements as the macho man like i love the macho man but 
Chris Jericho has done quite a bit through numerous companies. I was going to say he doesn't put out a rap album, but he's put out Fozzy. So. He hasn't put out a rap album. You're right. That, that kind of makes it a little unfair, though. I would re- say, though, third on the list, even though it's not because he's the best, this one's totally going to be nostalgia. He's still great. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely one of the best ever. But uh, Jeff Hardy, I, I was the biggest Jeff Hardy fan I mean, you can find like I had all the gear, the action figures, everything. I had the the little lace sock gimmicks for your arm, the whole thing. I painted my arms. Jeff Hardy was just the he was the personification of cool. Like he was the James Bond of professional wrestling in a sense. He was just untouchably cool. So like I love Jeff Hardy. Actually, uh, one of my moves, uh, I hit a swanton across the back. And uh, that's my homage to Jeff Hardy. Even though I don't hit it like Jeff Hardy, I throw myself like a cannonball. But just know I'm thinking about you, Jeff. I love you. And don't think about that as if it's a stand moment with Eminem. I'm not, I'm not trying to date you or anything. All right. Who's number four? Uh, so that one, that's the hard one, though. Because now it's like, oh, now I have to leave out everybody else. Um, just for time's sake, because like this one could go on and on and on. Uh, I think i got to say Shawn Michaels. He's just so good at every aspect of professional wrestling. He's just good at everything. That new generation, Sean, is my favorite. And people Same. people like really shit on that era, but I'm like, you know what? That I was... says he was a douchebag, but he was so good. Well, pe- no, people shit on that era as a whole, because you're talking about, like, uh, basically WrestleMania 11 through... Maybe closer to actually 10 through... F- 14 uh-huh. and then 14 is definitely when we're getting into the more of the attitude era it technically probably started right around austin 316 but it needed yeah, to was wrestlemania 13 pretty much so th- like 13 to 14 is the build of what we would eventually know as the attitude era but like that people just shit on that era but i'm like you know what i i'm hardcore nostalgia for it and guys like Shawn michaels help make me a fan and guys like bret hart too I've, I've said it millions of times on this podcast. You wanted to be that kid in the front row getting the sunglasses because they were cool and they were just a cheap piece of plastic and were probably worth literally just dollars. But talk about a great merch idea. Oh, God. God, yes. And they're they're very iconic. And it's it's hard to duplicate that. It was hard then and hard now. But everybody will always remember Brett and those sunglasses, but I, that's just hardcore nostalgia for that era. Yeah, you got a little Sean in that era, and, and I think specifically for the reason that was before Sean was humbled. That's when Sean knew Sean was the best wrestler on that card, and even though he was a prick from what I hear, like I didn't know him personally, obviously, but from what I hear, he was a douchebag. Hey, that's when he was the best wrestler. Like That's when he had the most iconic moments and matches, and he was just unbelievable. He's untouchable completely completely agree all right any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go i mean this is the part where i would typically plug my twitter but um yeah fuck twitter can't do that i mean i guess i can at christian cobain until at real cobain comes back if it ever does uh on instagram at real cobain facebook don't even bother doesn't matter if you want to follow me on there do your thing uh yeah and also fuck twitter man <laughs> fuck, oh, and tell Nick Gage not to hurt me, bro. Fuck Twitter, but go and and follow him on on the, your other account, 
so we can be prepared when Twitter goes, you know what? We fucked up and they finally real open at real Cobain. Basic thugonomics, my dude. Nobody's using that, right? You think I could start using that? I mean, uh, I would say he hasn't used it in a while, but there was that WrestleMania match this year. No, I've never heard of it. I'm, I think I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> All right. You can find myself at heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The IndieCast, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, The Chick Foley Show, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mikes, and Dark Match Podcast. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smokin' Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the GOAT, John Cena. Later. Sure.